It's The Principle with Pastor Mac, where we learn the heart of God through the mind of Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. I am your host, Pastor Mac. Join me as we dive into the passages of Scripture and find out how principles from God's Word give us the power to overcome the problems of life. Hello, everyone. So glad you're here with me on this podcast. I was going to say this evening or this morning or whenever it is for you. I, uh, yeah, I'm still learning this whole technology thing and learn understand that people can listen different times of the day. So whatever time of the day it is for you, thank you for joining me. And uh, I pray you all had a great Thanksgiving holiday, um, a safe one, and a and a, a time to spend with family and friends and Hopefully, took some time to thank the Lord for your many blessings. Doesn't mean life is easy. Uh, doesn't mean everything is going your way. It doesn't mean you are not in the middle of difficulty or hard times. But in spite of all that, God is still good. And he still blesses us with many blessings that are too numerous to count. And uh, as I... Uh, as I'm talking to you, I am still celebrating the fact of my first and uh, grandchild and first grandson, uh, Peyton Micah Hoagie. He is beautiful. He is healthy. He's strong. Uh, he's going to be like his dad. He's going to be really strong. And uh, I pray that he's like his parents and that he will be strong in character and integrity. Um Lord knows he's got a lot of prayers going up for him. So I've got I've got good hopes and and expectations for my grandson. Um, but anyway, enough about that. Again, I'm so glad you're with me. I want to go back to surprise the book of Genesis. And I want to talk about something that um I don't it, it could be difficult. Um you know, I do this. I started this. I I I started this out of a out of a desire to do something a little different than what I do on Sunday mornings when I preach the word and and kind of dig a little deeper and and just share with you thoughts and uh, about principles from the word of God and principles for life. Um, and I really thought it would be more um, like a life coach kind of thing. Uh, but my my passion is the word of God and, and to understand it, to learn from it. So uh, I don't know that I'll ever do any kind of life coaching kind of stuff. Uh, I just want to share with you principles from God's word. And, and this is one that I think is often overlooked. If you go back to Genesis chapter 32, it's a very famous passage of scripture. It's the passage where Jacob is wrestling with, with the angel. And I just want to read just a couple of things from it. Um, verse 22, And he arose that night and took his two wives and his two female servants and his eleven sons and crossed over the ford of Jabbok. He took them and sent them over the brook, and he sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now, I'll I'll just leave it there. Well, no, let me go a little further because I, I uh, now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. 
And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. It goes on a little further, and and uh, Jacob says that he called that place um, Peniel or Peniel, uh, depending on how you want to say it. And it means that that means the face of God. Now, what is um, what I want to talk about is not the idea of the wrestling with the angel, and not the idea of Jacob's name even being changed. Although I may get to that is the the situation and where Jacob was or is at this moment. Jacob is is literally um, at his at his bottom. He's at the bottom. He can't get any lower. Um, let me let me give you some explanation here. He is uh, uh, Jacob grew grew up spoiled. Uh, he was his mama's favorite, and um, he was older when he left the house. Uh, most Bible scholars believe that he was approximately seventy when he married uh, Rachel and Leah. So he, you know, he pretty much had it, uh, had it easy, so to speak. Uh, he weaseled his way into the birthright. He weaseled his way into the blessing. Uh, he worked hard for Laban, for, for Rachel and Leah, and, and I get that. Um, but he weaseled his way into the prosperity under Laban and, and uh, took him, and I, I won't go into all the details on that, um, but here's a guy who who has had it pretty easy most of his life and is um, has always had, you know, his name means uh, deceiver or supplanter, right? And in order to be a deceiver or a supplanter, there always has to be someone to deceive or to supplant. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but if you're going to be a deceiver, um, you can't do it by yourself. There's always got to be someone to deceive. So we're talking about a man that's really never been alone. And he's always had someone around to manipulate, or he's always had someone around to deceive. And he's kind of weaseled his way through life and and had it pretty easy. And because of this, he he brought a lot of, of, uh, or he hurt a lot of people. Let's put it that way. And he had a lot of broken relationships and fractured relationships. He, uh, he no, no longer had his mom or dad around at this point. His uncle, which is where he got uh, Rachel and Leah from, it, it, he had just left him. Uh, and the whole, uh, and by the way, the whole covenant thing that, uh, you know, you see a lot of people with verses, they'll do that friend thing where there's like a coin, they break it in two, and it's the, the Lord watch between me and thee while we're apart from each other. Uh, that's from the passage where Jacob uh, leaves Laban. And it wasn't a friendly thing. It was uh, a Lord watch between me and thee. Uh, if if you try to hurt me or I try to hurt you, then the Lord's going to get you or the Lord's going to get me. Uh, so it wasn't a friendly thing. So so he, he leaves a contentious relationship. Then he's le- as he's leaving, he finds out his brother's on his way to see him. Now, his brother's the one that he stole the birthright and the blessing from. And so you've got this, you've got this thing where Jacob was literally scared um, to death. Uh, he's afraid. So he, he, he comes up with this uh, idea that he's going to send... Uh, he's going to send all of his uh, belongings and stuff ahead of him, and he's going to he's going to uh, send a bunch of stuff to Esau and send it as gifts to his brother to try to appease him and hopefully, you know, 
keep Esau from killing him because the last time he saw Esau or he saw his brother, um, Esau said he's going to kill him. And then he gets down to where it's just him and his wife and his kids or and his and his concubines, and uh, he sends them on ahead. Sends everybody ahead, and he, he's all by himself. Now, this is a guy who's always had someone around, always somebody to manipulate, always somebody to take care of him, always somebody to uh, – and now he's by himself. And it's interesting. It says that he he sends them over, and he's at the brook or the ford, Jabbok. And the word Jabbok means emptying or to empty. So he's by himself. He, he sent his family on ahead. He sent all his possessions ahead. He has – in, in every sense of the term, he's emptied himself. Now he's at the place of emptying. He's at Jack. He's at Jabbok. And now it's night. It's dark. And then there comes a man to wrestle with him. Now here's what's interesting. I want to share with you a little story. Um, most of you know the story of, of King Arthur and then Camelot and the Knights of the Round Table and and all that stuff. Um, but if you read the story, we we've all seen the movies, right? Uh, uh, or some some sort of movie with Excalibur and all that. Um, if you if you if you read the story though, um, King Arthur and the the twelve knights of the Round Table or the knights of the Round Table, excuse me, um, they go and search for the Holy Grail. They they go and search for a very valuable artifact that uh, was believed to either uh, change your life, give you life, give you power, give you uh, an edge over your enemy, bring you prosperity, change your life, right? So it was this, it was this um, um, unbelievable treasure that could change you. And so they they leave the round table, and they're going to go into the uh, into the forest, into the enchanted forest. And for each of them, they were to go into the forest in the place or the area that looked the darkest to them. So they didn't go together. They were told to look at the forest, look at the enchanted forest, and and enter into the forest in the area that was darkest to them. Enter into the area that you least likely wanted to go. Enter into the area that houses or espouses your greatest fear. That's the idea. And that's the idea here. Jacob sends everybody ahead the guy who's always had somebody remember he was the mama's boy he all he was spoiled and and his his growing up years and formative years and even into his adult years uh so much so that you know his his mother helps him to steal the birthright or the the blessing from his father and all that and he ends up in a in a place where now he has no one he 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 weaseled his way into the birthright and the blessing so that he could have material, and he and he and he he took from his uncle Laban so he would have wealth and prosperity. And now he's without his possessions. He sent them on ahead to Esau, his brother. And then, at least, you know, you would hope at least that if it was daylight, you know, even Jesus said, "Work while it's day," because the night comes when no man works. You, at least if it's daylight. You, you, 
you hope you at least got a fighting chance to live because you can see. Well, now it's dark. And he goes to the place that he least wants to be. Empty, alone, in the dark. But it's at that place, empty, alone, and in the dark. It's at that place where Jacob meets the Lord and has his life changed, even has his name changed. It's at that place where he has to confront not the Lord. He does, but that's that's really not even the point. He has to confront himself. He has to confront his fears. He has to confront everything about him that is wrong. He has to confront and go to the area where he least wants to go. Just like the Knights of the Round Table. In order to find what they were looking for, they had to enter into or go into a place that they least wanted to go. They had to go into the place that was darkest to them. They had to confront their fears. They had to confront their whatever it was that made that area of the enchanted forest dark. Their fear, their past, their mistakes, their regrets, their broken relationships, their whatever it may be. And they had to confront the area that they least wanted to go. And I think there's something to that. There is something to that in not only the story of the, uh, you know, the knights and the round table and search for the Holy Grail. And there's something to that here with Jacob. Because here's the thing. If you look at it, he says, what is your name? And he says, Jacob. And he says, okay, now you're no longer Jacob. You're going to be called Israel. For you have wrestled with God and with man and prevailed. In what area of life did he prevail? Yeah, okay. So he he got the birthright and he got the blessing. But by doing so, he alienated his father and caused his brother to be estranged from him. Caused his brother to hate him, want to kill him. I, I don't see that as prevailing. So he goes to Laban, his uncle, and yeah, he gets the two wives and uh, and ends up prospering under Laban. But he didn't do it the right way. He, he he manipulated and cheated his uncle, and in doing so, alienated his uncle. I, I don't see that as prevailing. To prevail, see, that's the thing. We got to get that. To prevail doesn't mean to win. We we you know we we want to think it that way. To prevail means to win, but that that's that's not what it means. Um, it it goes deeper than that. It it goes. It's more than that. See, it is. Um, it it's not the idea that that I've beat you. It's the idea that I've won you. And I hope you get that difference. See, to to prevail could mean to overcome. It could mean that. It it could mean to to be the victor. 
but it, it could also mean it could also mean the idea of to gain not just to gain the spoils uh, but it means to gain in that in that uh, uh, what uh, you know what what's the what's the scripture say in Proverbs that uh, a brother offended is is harder to win than a walled city? Um, if you fight the battle of the walled city, the brother offended, you don't win victory over your brother. You win victory with your brother. And I think that we've got to get that. See, he says, you, you have wrestled with God and with man and prevailed. The prevailing part doesn't mean he got victory over God or he got victory over his brother or his uncle or any of the other relationships that he totally royally messed up. It doesn't mean that he got victory like in a battle and won. It doesn't mean he won over them. It means he won them. Okay, so he didn't win his brother. He didn't win his uncle. He didn't win his dad. He didn't win his mother. He didn't win any of those things. So what man did he prevail with? It could only be one. In that night, by himself, no spouse, no children, no concubines, no brother, no mother, no father, no possessions, no daylight. It's dark. He's by himself. He's been emptied. There's only one man he could have wrestled with and prevailed, and that was himself. He had to go to the place that was darkest in his life and look at himself, battle himself, and in the process, battled with the Lord and didn't win victory over himself, so to speak, and he didn't certainly didn't win victory over the Lord. I know the story kind of seems that way, but uh, you get an idea of the angel's power when it t- when he touched his hip and he knocked it out of socket, right? Um, and and even in that, there's something about that that's that's uh, you know um, is a uh, is a uh, uh, an example or a, a symbol. There we go. That's the word I'm looking for. A symbol of power. I remember when I played ball in high school, and they used to tell us if you wanted to, if you wanted to tackle somebody or block somebody, you had to drive from your hips because your hips was your source of power. wasn't your arms, wasn't your chest, wasn't your gut. It was your hips. Was where your power came from. That's what they used to teach us when I played ball in school. And they taught us that it you drove with your hips because that was your power to be able to overcome your enemy, so to speak, or the the opposing player. When I wrestled in high school, the hips were the source of power. The angel touched Jacob's hip and knocked it out of socket, literally knocking him out of his any any source of power, any symbol of power that Jacob had. He had been completely emptied of. He was at the brook Jabbok, which means to empty. He was completely emptied. He had nothing but himself to look at, and he had to wrestle with himself and wrestle with the Lord. And in the process, he didn't prevail over himself. He became at one with himself. He dealt with his past and he dealt with his sins and he dealt with his wrongs that he'd done in his life. And he dealt with all the things. And it doesn't mean he was perfect when he left, but it means that he dealt with it. It means that he come to terms with it. And in the process, he came to terms with the Lord. He prevailed. He didn't win over. He didn't win the victory over the Lord. He won the Lord. It's kind of like that. It's kind of like when you have a battle with your spouse. If you win the battle with your spouse, but you lose your spouse, did you really win the battle? 
But if I can, if I can, if I can go into battle, so to speak, with my spouse. By the way, you you, you don't want to get somebody that you never argue with or never contend with, right? You don't you don't want that because if you never get challenged in any way, then how do you get better, right? If you never argue with your spouse, if you never are confronted by your spouse, the one who's supposed to know you the best. If you're never confronted about the things that are wrong or your, you know, the things in your life that aren't right, if they don't confront you, then who will? Right. So you want someone you can, they can, that is a challenge for you and that you can contend with, but that you don't win the battle. You win them in the battle. You find ways to compromise and to come together and you give and you take and you and and, and you, you you get those lines in the sand that you draw. But they're, you know, and and but even then, if they challenge you and they've got something that truly challenges you and it and it makes you think. And so you, you know, you 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 negotiate and you redraw the line and you redefine the line and you and but in each of those things in each of those things you're not winning over you're not winning the battle to to you got victory over your spouse you've got victory with your spouse you figure out a way to come to life and come to terms with life together and you and you contend and you argue and you and you discuss and you negotiate and you compromise you go back and forth with all those things and in doing so what happens is is that you 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 work to become one right as a sp- as as a spouse and as a at a home and and you work to make things to, to make things work between you and and that's exactly what Jacob is doing here he didn't prevail over any man he deceived and supplanted and cheated and 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 he he alienated and and, and drove away every man every person in his life except for his spouses and even then they lied for him and lied with him uh, i want to get into all that but he had to contend with himself that's the man he had to contend with and learn to come to one at one with himself. And I think that's a huge issue in children of God today is that forget about trying to win the world. You, you can't win the world until you've won yourself, so to speak, until you've come to terms with yourself and you've, and you, You've come to terms with your past and your mistakes and your regrets and the things you've done wrong and you and you 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 deal with them and you come to terms with them. But to come to terms with them, you take them to the Lord, right? David said, search me, try me, see if there be any wicked way in me. And so before you can take them to the Lord, you've got to acknowledge them yourself. Here's an area of my life that I don't want to talk about, that I don't want to address, that I don't want to confront. But in order to come to terms with myself and the Lord, I have to. I have to go into that area of the forest that's the most dark to me, that's the scariest to me. I have to confront my sins and confront my past and confront my frailties and confront my my, uh, idiosyncrasies. And I have to confront my personality flaws and my character flaws. And I've got got to confront my own lying or my own deceiving. And I've got to to deal with that and come to terms with it. And in coming to terms with it, I wrestle with it in and of myself. And then I wrestle with it, get a hold of it, and I take it to the Lord. And then I I wrestle with the Lord there and not the wrestling that I'm trying to to prove my point is that you you bear yourself and you let the Lord wrestle with you in fact that's what the scripture says is that the angel came a man came and wrestled with Jacob 
That's exactly what you have to do. You have to bear your soul and bear yourself and come to terms with yourself and say, Lord, he already knows, folks. He already knows. Lord, here's an area of my life that, I, that I've that i lied, cheated still. I have regrets. I have I have. I have done wrong and and here it is lord and i'm gonna i'm gonna come to terms with myself and acknowledge that and bring it to you and then the lord wrestles with you you don't go to the lord to contend with the lord that's just foolish folks i know my last i know my i know uh, yeah okay you're gonna say i just heard your last podcast it was arguing with god (laughs) yeah okay that the idea of arguing with God, if you'll go back and look at that or listen to it, is the idea of Isaiah 118. Come, let us reason together, says the Lord. The word reason there is argue. And though your sins be as scarlet, I will make you, I will make them white as snow. It's the idea that I'm laying myself open before the Lord. I have wrestled with myself. I have come to terms with my own uh you can call it your own um, alter ego, your the things that you've hidden from the rest of the world, the you that nobody else knows, right? The you that you've 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 not shared with your spouse, you've not shared with your kids, you've not shared with your pastor, you've not shared with your coworkers, the you that nobody knows that you have kept hidden in the dark. You've got to go to the dark. You've got to go to the dark in your own life and confront it and acknowledge it and then take it. You've got to wrestle with it and take it to the Lord and then let him wrestle with you and do a work in you and mold you and change you and and confront those things. He can't confront them in you unless you're willing to confront them yourself. See, that's that's the issue. Because even if he were to, see, here's the thing. Even if God himself were to confront that in you, how many times did he confront the Pharisees, right? He confronted the Pharisees. He had the most awful things. Jesus had the most awful things to say to the Pharisees. He called them vipers. He called them liars. He called them dead men. He called them whitewashed sepulchers that were full of dead men's bones, no life. He called them children of Satan and children of hell. It don't get any worse than that, folks. And they refused to acknowledge what he was saying because they refused to acknowledge it in themselves. And therein lies the rub. See, we we want to say, God, we 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 think that you know, God changed me, God changed me, God changed me, God changed me. But until we're willing to acknowledge our areas of of sin and and our areas of our character flaws and our our frailties and our weaknesses and the areas that we have lied and cheated and and defrauded our brother and we have we have pushed our brother aside because we've been selfish and greedy and and self-centered and um, egotistical and arrogant and until we're willing until we are willing to confront that and wrestle with the man wrestle with ourselves go into those dark places of our life we can hide them from the Lord and God himself can show up, open up the skies like he did Paul on the Damascus road and show us our sin. And until we're willing to recognize it, we can walk away unchanged, just like the Pharisees. And I got to tell you, folks, that thought in my life scares 
me to death. Because what areas of my life am I refusing to confront? What areas in my life am I refusing to acknowledge that are wrong, that are in the dark, that I've hidden from everyone else and hidden from the world and tried to hide from myself, but I know they're there. And it scares me. And so I often pray, often, God, search me and try me and see if there be any wicked way in me. Expose it to me. Lord, make me unafraid. Make me unafraid to enter the forest of my own life in the area that seems darkest to me. And let me wrestle with myself. Let me prevail over me so I can come to terms with who I am and then bring that to you, Lord. If children children of God would do that, how much stronger would we be? How much more whole would we be? How much more could the body of Christ come together if we let go of all those things that we try to hide and deal with them and take them to the Lord? Folks, I don't don't know that I can get any more real than that. And I only bring it up, I only deal with this because I love you. I'm running out of time. I hope and pray this has somehow touched you or challenged you. I love you. Reach out to me. Pastor Mac 71 at Gmail. I still have books available if you want one. I will talk to you soon. Love you. Bye.